0: We start today with President Joe Biden's speech in Warsaw, Poland. This is a speech that the president gave after his visit to Ukraine. This is a visit in general and also in particular, a speech that has really exposed the worst of the worst of the authoritarian right wing in the United States. And one of the fascinating things, as we're going to look at some clips here of this speech that President Biden gave, Uh, President Biden focused in on a criticism of autocrats and authoritarians overtly. He's talking about Vladimir Putin. But when you listen to the criticism, this would just as accurately apply to the authoritarian autocratic dictatorial wannabe MAGA right of the United States. Joe Biden was super strong in this speech. Let's take a look at this first section about autocracy and the importance of opposing it anywhere that we see it.
1: President Putin's craven lust for land and power will fail and the Ukrainian people's love for their country will prevail. Democracies of the world will stand guard over freedom today, tomorrow and forever. So that's what's that's what's at stake here, freedom. That's the message I carried to Kiev yesterday directly to the people of Ukraine. When President Zelensky said he came to the United States in December, quote, he said, this struggle will define the world and what our children and grandchildren, how they live, and then their children and grandchildren. He wasn't only speaking about the children and grandchildren of Ukraine. He was speaking about all of our children and grandchildren, yours and mine. We're seeing again today what the people of Poland and the people across Europe saw for decades. Appetites of the autocrat cannot be appeased. They must be opposed. Autocrats only understand one word. No, no, no. No, you will not take my country. No, you will not take my freedom. No, you will not take my future and i'll repeat tonight what i said last year in the same place a dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never be able to ease the people's love of liberty brutality will never grind down the will of the free and ukraine ukraine will never be a victory for russia never
0: so one of biden's strongest speeches and of course he doesn't write these. He puts his touch on them, but he's not writing these speeches. But the message, as much as it here is designed for Putin, it could go for Orban. It could go for Trump. It could go for the former Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro. All of these autocrats have this wannabe dictator streak. And what is stunning is that even though the right has claimed a monopoly on freedom and liberty in the United States for, at this point, probably two decades, uh, it is increasingly the right that wants to restrict freedoms of all sorts of kinds. What can we teach? What can we say? What can social media companies do? What can other private industries do? Uh, What can people do in their bedroom? What pronouns can people choose to be called by? Increasingly, it's the Democratic Party, of which I am not a part, as many of you know, I have no particular concern with the Democratic Party, but this happens to be a Democratic president who is actually the one talking about freedom and liberty in a more serious way. Um, Joe Biden continued and said that, uh, well, let's just listen. He addressed the Ukrainian conflict specifically
1: the United States, together with our allies and partners, are going to continue to have Ukraine's back as it defends itself. Next year, I will host every member of NATO for our 2024 summit in the United States. Together, we'll celebrate the 75th anniversary of the strongest defensive alliance in the history of the world, NATO. And and let there be no doubt, the commitment of the United States to our NATO alliance and Article 5 is rock solid.
0: So there can be reasonable and spirited debate as to how large should the American contribution to Ukraine be? How long lasting should the commitment be? And is it fair or reasonable for the United States to be disproportionately supporting Ukraine in comparison to other allied countries? All of those are reasonable conversations. But what Joe Biden distilled clearly in this speech is something that it's it's shocking. People still have to be reminded of it. And I know they do because Vladimir Putin recently said in his address something along the lines of the U.S. started this war or Ukraine started this war It wasn't Russia who started the war. Russia started the war. This is a defensive situation for Ukraine and Joe Biden doing a good job of pointing that out Um, and then going further in terms of what the U.S. and Western allies are seeking and what they are not seeking.
1: So tonight, I speak once more to the people of Russia. The United States and the nations of Europe do not seek to control or destroy Russia. The West was not plotting to attack Russia, as Putin said today. Right. And millions of Russian citizens who only want to live in peace with their neighbors are not the enemy. This war is never a necessity. It's a tragedy. President Putin chose this war. Every day the war continues is his choice. He could end the war with a word. It's simple. If Russia stopped invading Ukraine, it would end the war. If Ukraine stopped defending itself against Russia, it would be the end of Ukraine. That's why together, we're making sure Ukraine can defend itself.
0: And again, it is stunning that this has to be repeated. You can still make the case that despite it being a defensive situation for Ukraine, the U.S.'s involvement should have limits. That's a perfectly reasonable conversation to have. I don't know of anyone on the left who is saying that these are unlimited blank checks for the end of time. That is not what I'm hearing anybody saying. If somebody is saying that, please let me know. But the context and the circumstances in which this is happening must be restated regularly because there is a propaganda effort from Putin and from others to pretend that the circumstances are different. Let's next talk about how this entire Ukraine visit has broken the brains of many right wingers. Yesterday we talked a little bit about how Joe Biden's visit to Ukraine on President's Day, can you imagine, has been used to say, well, he really should have been at the border, or he really really should have been in East Palestine. I was told very politely by people I was mispronouncing it yesterday. This is the problem when I only read news as opposed to watch it. I don't know that it's pronounced Palestine instead of Palestine. Okay, the argument that some of these right wingers were making was, oh, it was the wrong day to go to Ukraine instead of the border or to Ohio. Uh, The brains of a lot of these folks continue to break endlessly. Uh, Don Jr. made the argument that it was particularly bad that Biden went to Ukraine on President's Day because Russia is to blame for the train derailments. I mean, it's it's all making very little sense. Right,
2: we have derailment after train derailment with environmental disasters. No one asking if it's maybe the Russians retaliating after the article came out about us possibly attacking the Nord Stream 2 pipeline.
0: OK, that article has been widely debunked and it's based on almost nothing. The, the article has been ridiculed widely and has been widely debunked. We actually know with almost total certainty what happened with the train derailment. There are hot box detectors which are recommended to be placed every 20 or 25 miles to determine is something getting too hot on the train, a bearing or other things. There is video footage that suggests that 20 miles out of East Palestine, there was already a fire on the train. There was no such detector there to notify the train crew as a result, because it is not a requirement to have those hot box detectors. We ended up with what we ended up with. And Don Jr. is talking about Russia. You know, the, the Trump's love to say, why does everybody talk about Russia? He's talking about Russia when it makes no sense to be talking about Russia. And it's all because their brains are broken, also important to mention over time, train derailments per passenger per mile traveled have continued to decline in the United States. They're, they're not actually up. There are still too many train derailments, and they are an unfortunately regular thing if you count train and subway and all of these different things. But derailments have actually declined. So that's Don Jr. Ben Shapiro, on the other hand, suggests with no evidence that the air raid sirens in the background of Biden's visit to Ukraine were um, stage managed. They were staged for Biden's visit. A clip came out of Joe Biden
3: walking through Kiev with Vladimir Zelensky and the air raid sirens go off. Uh, it's curious. It's weird. They don't even break. Nobody even, nobody even for a second in the press pool like looks around. Like normally when the air raid sirens go off. And I've been in countries when air raid sirens have gone off. I mean, like I I was in Jerusalem last year. The air raid sirens didn't actually go off in Jerusalem, but they you were checking your phone consistently for
0: like, where are the rocket attacks falling? Isn't that the best? He goes, I've been in countries where air raid sirens are going off. Like, for example, I was in Jerusalem. Actually, the air raid sirens weren't going off, but I was keeping a really close eye on my phone.
3: Uh, (laughs) That's it's ridiculous. People tend to have a tendency when, when a giant noise goes off that says you should get to shelter, people tend to at least look in the air. In this clip, nobody looks in the air. There's a reason for that, as we'll explain in just a moment. Here was Joe Biden with Vladimir Zelensky yesterday walking through Kyiv. Hey, well... There's only a couple of problems with that clip. One, again, nobody looks in the air while the air raid sirens are going off. The second is that a CNN reporter then went on the air and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, we haven't heard an air raid siren in Kiev for like five weeks. Literally the only moment I've heard an air raid siren for the last five weeks has been when Joe Biden walked outside with Vladimir Zelensky, which sort of suggests that what they really wanted was a photo op of big, brave Joe Biden, dark aviator glasses, dark Brandon walking around. Keep with the air raid sirens going off like Winston Churchill in the rubble of London or something.
0: All right. So there's Ben Shapiro's incisive commentary. The air raid sirens were certainly staged. And then here's Fox News dep- uh, reporter deporter reporter Peter Ducey, who uh, didn't like the tone, I guess, of the Biden speech. And um, OK, let's listen.
4: Uh, President Biden disagrees with that, and we expect him to expand on that theme later on today uh, at this speech, which should start in in a few minutes. And it's not the solemn set of remarks that we were kind of uh, told to expect based on the existential threats that he sees. It has almost a campaign rally feel like a like if they were having a campaign rally for democracy,
0: Harris. Wow. How terrible that would be. Let's rally for democracy, which is in peril and in danger the world over. Um, so uh, uh, <laughs> this wasn't—it wasn't a sad enough event for Peter Ducey. The atmosphere was like too rally-like in favor of democracy, which seems, by the way, like a pretty wor- worthy cause to me. So they don't even know what sorts of criticisms to make at this point in time, because the truth is. Biden looked strong by going to Ukraine. So they go, well, President's Day was the wrong day to go or he should have been at the derailment or he should have been at the border or the atmosphere should have been sadder or the air raid sirens were staged uh, or Russia did the, the derailment or whatever the case may be, for which it's conspiracies and whining. Ultimately, what we are getting from the right at this point in time, their brains are cracking like an egg and breaking Uh, And I don't expect this to change at all uh, anytime soon. Meanwhile, Trump spending time on Truth Social posting about Ron DeSantis and almost nobody's paying attention. So you can understand why they're upset and why they're scrambling and why they are so triggered. Later in the program, we will look at sort of more. These are slightly more cartoonish reactions. We're going to look at kind of the the scarier reactions from some on the right to the news of the last 72 hours. Stay with us. Remember, we can really use your help getting to two million YouTube subscribers. Go to youtube.com slash the David Pacman Show. Slam that subscribe button. We appreciate it one of our sponsors today is fume fume is on a mission to accelerate humanity's breakup from the bad habits that consume far too many of us including ones that harm our health fume is a natural diffusive device that uses plants and behavioral science to trade out your negative habit for a positive one fume is not a vape It's a non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals like a vape. Fume uses cores infused with plants like peppermint and cinnamon for delicious natural flavors. Fume's new version two model is snappy and tactile with an adjustable airflow dial and a magnetic end cap that's fun to fidget with. It's fumes goal to make switching easy or even enjoyable. They have thousands of five star reviews from people just like you who have successfully switched when other solutions didn't work. Head to tryfume.com and use the code Pacman to get ten percent off today when you get the journey pack, which comes with three unique flavors and the new version to Fume. That's T R Y F U M dot com. Code Pacman saves you ten percent on the journey pack. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P.com slash show. The link is in the podcast notes. Imagine for a second that you try logging into your email account only to find that your password was changed an hour ago and then you get notifications of activity from your bank and then your credit cards. That is what identity theft is like. And it's a horrible feeling. And we dealt with it at the show not that long ago. But now I have an app called Aura which gives me much more peace of mind. Our sponsor, Aura, is the all-in-one solution for keeping your online account safe because Aura will scan the dark web for your personal info, password, social security number, and you get fast alerts when they find something. You also get fast alerts about credit inquiries. Aura protects all of your devices from malware. Aura even requests the removal of your info from data broker sites, and Aura helps you manage what your kids can do on their devices. You can restrict certain apps, set screen time limits, set focus times when you need them off of devices. Go to aura.com slash pacman to try it free for seven days. Your login credentials might already be floating around out there, and Aura will tell you instantly for free. That's a u r a dot com slash Pacman to try Aura for free. The link is in the podcast notes. Radical Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is really living up to her nickname Marjorie Trader Green lately. What started with the suggestion via Twitter that the country needs a national divorce in which we split into two countries, a country of red states and a country of blue states has not been unilaterally denounced by the wider Republican Party and actually seems to be getting some support from Fox News propagandist Sean Hannity. We knew and we saw that Trader Green was trying to push her way into being taken more seriously by the Republican Party once Republicans took control of the House of Representatives. And it seems as though, to some degree, it is working. So let's look at the tweets that started it all. Marjorie Taylor Green tweeting, quote, why the left and right should consider a national divorce, not a civil war, but a legal agreement to separate our ideological and political disagreements by states while maintaining our legal union definition of irreconcilable differences, inability to agree on most things or on important things. Tragically, I think we, the left and right, have reached irreconcilable differences. I'll speak for the right and say we are absolutely disgusted and fed up with the left cramming and forcing their ways on us and our children with no respect for our religion, faith, traditional values and economic and government policy beliefs. So she goes on to explain more and to make this case on Twitter that we need a national divorce. She then appeared yesterday on the Sean Hannity program. Sean Hannity is a Fox News uh, propagandist, and she said, I don't want to see civil war, but that's the direction that things are going. And here's my question.
2: You know, how did you get to this this point? I mean, I, I look at topics, for example, how do you reconcile defund the police and no bail laws with law and order? How do you reconcile secure borders and wide open borders? How do you? Well,
0: the way you reconcile it is nobody serious on the left is saying that the police should be defunded. And I've not seen anyone argue for open borders. You reconcile it by realizing that you're lying,
2: reconcile energy independence with energy dependence and new green dealism. How do you reconcile peace through strength uh, with with people that want to gut our defense you know, there I, I don't see middle ground on a lot of these issues. So what is the other answer if it's not a divorce?
0: So look at that Hannity's saying the divorce is the natural way to go.
5: Well, exactly, Sean, that's the problem and where we are today. And in, in my life, in my world, I all of my friends are regular Americans. Everyone I right. talk to is sick and tired and fed up of being bullied by the left, abused by the left, and disrespected by the left. And our ideas, our policies, our ways of life have become so far apart that it's just coming to that point. And the last thing I ever want to see in America is a civil war. Um, no one wants that. At least everyone I know would never want that. Right. But it's going that direction and we have to do something about it.
0: Wow. Wow. Now, there are so many different directions that we could go with this idea. Um, But the most important thing to understand, which makes the entire idea dead on arrival for them, is that the blue state country, if we were to divide up, so to speak, the blue state country would be fine. The red state country would not be viable because these folks, they don't like to admit it. But look at the data. Blue states regularly outperform red states in terms of GDP per capita. Now, a lot of people say, well, the blue states have higher GDP because they have more population. Well, but look at it per capita. Okay, the blue states would end up being quite a wealthy country. The red states as a country, not so much. Blue states have more diverse economies. Blue states aren't as reliant on any one industry or sector red states on average are extraordinarily reliant on one industry. Texas overwhelmingly is an oil state. Kansas overwhelmingly an agriculture state. This makes their the red state economies significantly less dynamic and dramatically more vulnerable to one industry fluctuating. Blue states tend to have more educated workforces, which leads to higher paying jobs, more innovation, and larger tax revenues with which to do things. The larger tax revenues have left blue states with dramatically better infrastructure than red states, which makes it easier for businesses to go to the blue states and for goods to be transported between and out of and into the blue states. So that's where the businesses are going to continue going. You look at education dramatically better in blue states. You look at healthcare, dramatically better in blue states. So when you look at all that, that alone should make you question, could a red state country even survive? But then look at the, the, the maybe one of the most important things. You look at federal subsidies. Red states are disproportionately reliant on federal subsidies. States like Mississippi, Kentucky and others who receive so much more money from the federal government than they contribute. On the other hand, you have so many blue states that are over contributing in order to subsidize those red states. So if you separate that and say, well, now we've only got, I guess, some some red state federal government economically and financially, it doesn't make sense. So you can talk about is this possible? Is this legal? Can states unilaterally secede or whatever, you know, all these different conversations? They're asking for something that would not be a viable country because of the realities of blue and red states. One other, by the way, unconstitutional thing that was suggested during this Marjorie Taylor Green wants if you move from a red state to, from a blue state to a red state because the blue states are so terrible, despite all the indicators being better, um, you don't get to vote right away, which, by the way, is not the way the law works
2: explaining why she thinks this is a good idea green is saying that a national divorce would empower individual states to form a smaller government reduce the federal debt set their own environmental standards and the congresswoman has another idea as well Banning people who move from blue states to red states from voting for five years so they don't bring their bad politics with them. I actually (laughs) favor
0: that idea. He likes it. Okay, completely illegal. Doesn't make any sense. Can't do it. Couldn't do it. Would never pass unconstitutional. makes makes no sense whatsoever. So two parts to this, three parts to this Marjorie Taylor Greene supporting something that is outrageous. Number two, the entire thing actually wouldn't work. Blue states would be fine. Red states would fail. And number three, it's actually getting some support from people as visible as Fox News propagandist Sean Hannity, very scary stuff. I want to briefly look at a statement that the failed former President Donald Trump made in which he announced that he will end crime. Well, cool. I I mean, listen, as I said earlier, Trump should have just banned the virus. That would have been the simplest way to end the pandemic. And why not? It's genius, right? Just end crime and then you don't have to deal with it. Trump extraordinarily swollen and very much slurring during this wacky, bizarre statement.
6: Joe Biden and the defund the police Democrats have turned our once great cities into cesspools of bloodshed and crime.
0: So already, okay, we are we're 13 seconds in. But the first six seconds were silent. OK, so we're seven seconds in. Trump is already telling endless lies. The defund the police Democrats. I still never met them. I get a few emails every once in a while from people who go, we should defund the police. Overwhelmingly, what the left wants is what I've outlined, which is reform the police, retrain the police, reorganize the police. Um, And by the way, the idea of rampant crime, on average, crime is down over time. And a lot of people don't want to acknowledge this. Oklahoma has a higher per capita crime rate than New York State. Oklahoma City has a higher violent violent crime rate per capita than New York City. But it doesn't matter. Okay, seven seconds. It takes me a minute. tell you the lies that have been included in that seven second period.
6: There's never been anything like it. Here's my plan to restore law and order in our cities and throughout our country, frankly. First, because police forces have been gutted by Democrats war on police. I will sign a record investment in hiring, retention and training for police officers nationwide. So important. This bill will also increase vital Liability protections for officers.
0: He wants more liability protection for officers. Now, I am not someone who says there should be no special protection afforded to police officers. It is undeniable that police officers face a certain type of risk that people who do, you know, baking or podcasting or whatever don't. I acknowledge that. And I think I don't think very many people would deny that. But what we don't need are blanket protections that make it so police don't even consider the consequences of their actions. And so eliminating those those minimum things makes no sense whatsoever
6: because the Democrats want to take those protections away from our police because we want them to do their jobs and we want them to do their jobs. Right, you can't take their protections away if you're going to have them do their jobs. properly. <laughs> Second, to qualify for this new funding and all other Justice Department grants, I will insist that local jurisdictions return to proven common sense policing measures such as stop and frisk.
0: So Trump will require stop and frisk, stop and frisk, which has been widely analyzed as a disaster when it was used in, in, in New York City and in other places. Trump says not only do I recommend I will require stop and frisk. Wow.
6: Very simple. You stop them and you frisk them strictly enforcing existing gun laws against convicted felons cracking down on the open use of illegal drugs and cooperating with ice to get criminal aliens off our streets and get them out of our country. Third, we will go after the radical Marxist prosecutors who are (laughs) abolishing cash bail.
0: I would be shocked to find. I mean, listen, might there be one judge? (laughs) Is there a judge somewhere that's a Marxist? Is there a prosecutor somewhere that is actually a Marxist? Maybe. But the idea that there are Marxist judges and prosecutors as a matter of common occurrence is a joke. There are like no Marxists in the United States. Very few. I mean, I, they exist. Very, very few
6: refusing to charge crimes and surrendering our cities to violent criminals. They have surrendered like never before. Like dogs. I will direct the DOJ to open civil rights investigations into radical left prosecutors offices such as those in Chicago, L.A. and San Francisco to determine whether they have illegally engaged in race based enforcement of the law. <laughs> I will also work with Congress to give the victims of their Marxist policies the right to sue.
0: Are you a victim of Marxism in 2023 in the United States? Call now for a free evaluation. How stupid does this sound? Victims of Marxism
6: local officials for harm and suffering, and it has been great that they have caused. If your small business is pillaged because shoplifting goes pillaged. unpunished. If you're brutally attacked by a violent felon released without bail or bond, then you will be entitled to massive damages. Fourth, I will order the def-
0: did Marxism touch you inappropriately. Have you been damaged by it? Has the labor theory of value perverted your children? Call now. You may be entitled to compensation.
6: Department of Justice, or some people call it the Department of Injustice, right now, mm. and Homeland Security dismantle every gang, street crew, and drug network in America. Yeah. Every single one of them will be dismantled. We already know where these turf wars and drug dens are. We know who the people are. People. And we're going to charge them and charge the culprits with every crime that we can find.
0: I don't know why he's screaming. I genuinely don't.
6: Going to be fair, but we're going to be tough. We also need the death penalty for drug dealers. So important. And I'd add to that human traffickers. Human. Drug dealers and human traffickers. Kill them. Get the death penalty. There you go. Watch it stop and stop quickly.
0: All right. So there is Trump's plan to end crime. And uh, it never really makes any sense. Uh, what he says. It also doesn't make sense that his right eye is almost completely swollen shut. I've still never been able to understand that. So, I didn't know it was so simple. Uh, compensate the victims of Marxism, and uh, you will be well on your way to ending crime. So these are. the By the way, this counts as policy to right wingers. When right wingers see this, they go, "Look, this is this isn't culture war. This is this is policy." Trump will compensate the victims of Marxism, and that's a great policy that he is proposing. off the rails, completely off the rails. Uh, we'll have this clip and others on our YouTube channel, youtube.com/ David Pacman show. We will also have this clip and others available in Spanish on the Spanish YouTube channel, Davidpackman.com/spanish. Make sure you are subscribed. Uh, make sure to let your Spanish-speaking friends, relatives, and neighbors know. If they want to get progressive political commentary, but they prefer it in Spanish, the place to go is David dot com slash Spanish. We'll take a quick break and the program continues right after this. You know, I have a very acute newfound appreciation for how busy being a new parent makes you. If you have a little one at home like me, here's something really easy you can do to simplify your life. Our sponsor, Little Spoon, is your one stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler or big kid delivered right to your door. Little Spoon delivers fresh organic baby food, which comes in single ingredient varieties or multi textured purees. Little Spoon is meals for toddlers and big kids. They're free of junk and taste great. Even the pickiest eaters love them. I've even tried many of them myself. They really are great. Having healthy snack time is so easy with Little Spoon's organic smoothies which come in convenient pouches in great flavors like strawberry banana shake, purple carrot acai. I love purple carrots. I'm going to admit that my girlfriend and I have had a great experience with our Little Spoon subscription. It just makes life easier. Anything to reduce the chaos is a great thing. Little Spoon is giving my audience 50% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com and use code Pacman50Off, all one word. That's littlespoon.com. Get 50% off at checkout using code Pacman50Off. That's Pacman50Off, all one word. You can find the info in the podcast notes one of our sponsors is Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Don't you think it's time you stopped putting smoke and vape oils in your lungs? Zipix toothpicks are a convenient way to curb the nicotine cravings. Zipix toothpicks are super discreet. You can use them anytime, anywhere. Smoking and vaping aren't allowed, including flights, sporting events in restaurants. They're available in six different flavors with options of two and three milligrams of nicotine. If you're not a nicotine user, Zipix also offers caffeine and B12 infused toothpicks. Zipix has already helped tens of thousands of customers ditch the cigarettes, ditch the vapes. They might be able to help you, too. If you're a smoker or a vapor, give Zipix toothpicks a try. Your lungs will thank you. Go to Zipix today. Save 10 percent with the code Pacman 10 at checkout. Just remember, you must be 21 or older to order. That's z i p p i x toothpicks.com. Use promo code Pacman 10 at checkout for 10 percent off. That's Pacman one zero. The info is in the podcast notes. A Republican official has been banned from Twitter after suggesting that Joe Biden, the president should be killed. Yes, uh, this is where we are, folks. It's 2023. And unfortunately, uh, this is where we are and we've got to deal with it. The News Times reports Brookfield Republican first selectman Tara Carr kicked off Twitter after post targeting President Biden. Now we actually have the post and we're going to put it up on the screen for you. There was a uh, video here um, of tweeted by the RNC research account, which was a video of Kamala Harris saying we have a lot to be thankful for in Joe Biden. And Tara Carr, the elected official, responded to it by saying he meaning Joe Biden, he's aiding and abetting the enemy. Ready, aim, fire. One shot, one kill. That's simple. There is not a lot of nuance there. There is not a lot of nuance there. That is a call to shoot dead the president of the United States from a Republican official. As I mentioned, she's been kicked off Twitter. Oh, Twitter has a liberal bias. Oh, something just fell off my microphone. That was weird. Twitter has a liberal bias. Twitter has because they they said, oh, Now all of a sudden you get kicked off for calling for the assassination of the president. What won't they allow next? Um, These folks are genuinely dangerous, not because Tara Carr herself is likely to go and kill Joe Biden, but because an environment in which it is even remotely acceptable to say these things, if particularly forget as an average person, but as an as a Republican official to say something like this. Anything short of complete denouncement, disavowal, and if it's on a social media platform, banning the person um, could be seen as some kind of an endorsement or approval of it. A Republican town committee chair, George Blass, defended the post, saying that Carr was saying, shoot the balloon, shoot the balloon, not Joe Biden, and that it was taken out of context. Um it genuinely doesn't appear at all that that is what um, uh, she is arguing for. So there it is, another insane action by these dangerous right wingers. All right. This is just funny. OK, we're going to have fun now. This is what fun looks like when the country has been partially taken over by lunatics. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene had another funny gaffe where she has come out against hiring based on ethnicity. Now, you might be saying, well, David, what do you mean? What's ethnicity? She clearly means ethnicity, but as usual, has no idea what she's talking about. But she's against it. That's for sure.
5: You know, private businesses want to hire based on characteristics and someone's ability to do the job. Well, no, the Democrats and the left want want businesses to have to hire based on skin color, um, ethnicity or even (laughs) what gender they identify.
0: I would go further. It's not just that the woke left wants ethnicity based hiring. The left wants ethnicity based hiring. And that's the first question I ask on my job applications when we look to hire people. What is your ethnementicity? And of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene, very well known for these sorts of gaffes. At one point, she referred to a, a Petri dish as a peach tree dish. You
5: have to accept the fact. That the government totally wants to provide surveillance on yeah. every part of your life. They want to know when you're eating. They want to know if you're eating a cheeseburger, which is very bad because Bill Gates wants you to eat his fake meat that goes right. in a peach tree dish. Peach so tree. you'll probably get a little zap inside your body and that's saying, no, no. don't." Yeah.
0: So there's peach tree dish. Also, of course, infamously, the gazpacho police,
5: not only do we have the D.C. jail, which is the D.C. Gulag. But now we have Nancy Pelosi's gazpacho police (laughs) spying on members of Congress, spying on the legislative work that we do when
0: she said this, I knew she was a real bisque, if you know what I mean. And then this one is not Marjorie Taylor Greene, but I just it's too good not to include um, Lauren Boebert, very famously coming out against wanton killings.
5: They made life, hell on earth with their envy, wonton killing. I don't know what a wonton killing is. I'm gonna have to look that one up.
0: Yeah, it's like attempted murder by broad noodle, is what I've read. It uh, it, it actually works out too. So anyway, these people are clueless, that are clueless about really important things, but they also just regularly make up words and they're so confident. That's maybe the, the saddest part of the entire thing. Ladies and gentlemen. I have a momentous bit of news for all of you. I know I hope everybody is sitting down because there is something that happened last night on the Tucker Carlson program that has absolutely rocked the Republican primary and is completely changing the dynamics. Vivek Ramaswamy has announced that he is entering the Republican primary. I know. I know I'm giving everybody time to react to this. Uh, No one cares. And it's really, really even Tucker Carlson kind of seems not to care. It's it's kind of sad, to be honest. Vivek Ramaswamy, is (laughs) it this is so stupid? He's an anti woke entrepreneur and he founded last year something called Strive Asset Management. It's an asset management firm, which on its websites on its website says it seeks to restore the voices of everyday citizens. Oh, OK, that sounds pretty, pretty cool. So anyway, here he is. And it's just like a deflated balloon. Take a look at this
2: on you know, just a cable host. But this is a perfect illustration of where identity politics wind up, right? When you stray from universal principles that bind us all under the same rules.
4: Exactly. I mean, we are in the middle of this national identity crisis, Tucker, where we have celebrated our diversity and our differences for so long that we forgot all of the ways we're really just the same as Americans bound by a common set of ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. Whoa! And that's why I'm proud to say tonight that I am running for United States president to revive those ideals in this country, those basic rules of the road meritocracy The idea that you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character. Right. The idea that you are allowed to speak freely, yes, to be wrong sometimes, as long as your neighbor gets the same courtesy in return, the idea that the people who we elect to run the government, by the way, are the people who actually run the government. Basic rules of the road. These are the things that bind us together. You and I have different shades of melon and you know what I say? So what?
0: You know, I could have sworn that he said different shades of shades of melon. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> Tucker's more of a honeydew guy, whereas Vivek is really preferential to cantaloupe. But I, I think what he's saying is different shades of melanin, right, like different skin color.
4: That's not beautiful. That is not our strength. Our diversity is meaningless if there's nothing greater that binds us together across that diversity. Yeah. And the reason that I'm running for president is to revive those ideals. And I believe deep in my bones, they still exist. That most Americans still believe in them, but we need to rediscover that. And the only way we can do it is by start to talking openly start talking openly
0: again. So I'm not gonna ask you, anything. Yeah. Um really a momentous thing. And then on Twitter, Vivek Ramaswamy announced he will end affirmative action, tweeting, quote, As US president, <laughs> as US president, I will end federally mandated affirmative action. Full stop, I will repeal Lyndon Johnson's executive order, eleven two forty-six, which mandates race-based quotas every Republican since Johnson had the opportunity to do it. I'll do it on day one without apology. Well, he won't do it and it won't be day one. There will be no day one. Um, And there is just something funny about, you know, in particular, like when somebody like this announces, do you think they know that this is a joke or do they actually sit somewhere and go, You never know. I might be able to pull this thing out. I'm just not sure. But a very, very big get, as you can see, for Tucker Carlson getting this announcement on his program. And uh, this certainly we will have to spend some serious time figuring out how this announcement from Ramaswamy is going to completely upend the dynamics of the Republican primary. So stay with us for more on that. Maybe someday if it becomes a real thing. We're going to take a quick break and much more to discuss. I'm very much glad you're with us today. It's a new year. Many of us are trying to make new positive changes. Here's something really simple that could be a game changer. Our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Every day, I take a scoop of AG1. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients to last me all day long. This way, I just know my nutritional bases are covered for the entire day. It has everything I want, and that's important to me rather than doing the individual supplements and vitamins or whatever. I don't want to do any of that, Okay. A.G. One is the simplest way to just get everything I want for my nutritional foundation each day. A.G. One is also a great bang for your buck. You're going to end up spending way more on all those bottles of vitamins and supplements and minerals. So save some money. Make your life easier. Just a scoop of A.G. One. I love the travel packs, which let me take AG1 wherever I go. I have the big pack of AG1 at home, and when you go to athleticgreens.com/pacman, you'll get five free travel packs plus a free year supply of vitamin D, which I use during the winter. That's athleticgreens.com/pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Well, Donald Trump's brain appears to have been broken by Ron DeSantis. Trump is now posting daily to Truth Central about it. Truth Central. Yeah. Truth. Truth. Social. Now I'm calling it the wrong thing. Uh, Truth. Truth. Social. Yes. Not Truth. Central. Um, You know, a few days ago, Donald Trump said he never thinks about Ron DeSantis. And that made me think that all Trump is thinking about is Ron DeSantis. And Trump is now just posting daily about DeSantis. Trump is obsessed with a guy who hasn't actually announced that he's running against Trump yet. Let's take a look at a couple of these posts every day. It is something. Here is one from a couple of days ago. Donald Trump posting, quote, so interesting to watch Fox News cover the small and unenthusiastic 139 person crowd in Staten Island for DeSantis, but stay as far away as possible from coverage of the thousands of people, many unable to get in. At the Club 47 event in West Palm Beach, Florida. I call Fox News the Rhino Network, and their down big ratings accurately reflect the name. If fake news CNN was smart, which they're not, they'd go conservative and all Trump all the time, like in 2016, and become a capital R ratings, capital J juggernaut. There are like 10 fascinating things about this post, and you have to understand the context and kind of be aware of the backstory on a lot of these things. First and foremost, Trump's continued obsession with crowds. DeSantis had 139 people, I had thousands. Fox News is talking about that crowd, they're not talking about my crowd. That's bad. Secondly, anything short of complete brown nosing and sucking up up to Trump immediately gets you branded a rhino. If you're a Republican who is anything other than completely and unflinchingly and blindly loyal to Trump, you're a rhino. If you are a network and you cover what a different Republican did instead of what Trump did, you are a rhino. And then lastly, again, Trump's idea. He's mentioned this a number of times now that CNN could really do something stunning if they were to become conservative like Fox, that everybody would flock to CNN, even after Trump has been bashing CNN for the greater part of a decade at this point in time. Um, And he's probably right. I mean, the truth is, if CNN became conservative and Trump said CNN is the place to go, I'm sure that his followers who have spent years talking about how CNN is some kind of Marxist satanic influence on American society, I'm sure they would just go over there. Again, remember, Trump told us he's not thinking about Ron DeSantis, but he's posting about Ron DeSantis every single day. Central. His next post, quote, Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis got there. Uh, people are fleeing. From, by the way, DeSantis is <laughs> really funny. I, I know that it went to first. It was DeSantis, <laughs> but I don't know if DeSantis <laughs> is a uh, is a typo of Trump's nickname for DeSantis, or it's the next evolution. But there is something funny about that. Okay, people are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out of control crime, not because of governor. Thank you, President Trump to sanctimonious. Rick Scott did great. And even Charlie Crist had very good numbers, sunshine and ocean, very alluring. So I think the point Trump is trying to make here is Florida is great, but it has nothing to do with De sanctus. It's great because of the sunshine and the ocean and the, um, you know, low, no state income tax and all this stuff. I Speaking of the taxes, and this is a tangent, but I believe it's an appropriate one if you will allow it. Um, when I talked last week about, oh, am I moving to Florida? And I said, well, I'm not moving to Florida, but it is seeming pretty appealing to spend like January and February in Florida and avoid some of the northeast, you know, gray, dark winters or whatever. Some people wrote in saying, David, I know you're really talking about that because you want to pay no state income tax. Now, the truth is, if you live for two months in Florida, you know, these northern states, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts, they don't let you stop paying income tax. I believe that you have to spend like more, th- at least more than half the year in order to be able to say I live in Florida. But then other people wrote to me and said, David, if you're actually thinking about the Florida thing because you want to avoid state income tax, they get you in other ways because property taxes are very high and other taxes are and all these different. That, I don't even know if that's true. It's totally plausible to me that maybe it's not actually cheaper tax wise to live in Florida because you save on state income, but you pay. I, I don't even know. I have not looked into it, but it wouldn't shock me if that were true. As far as the Sanctus, um, Ron DeSantis isn't even running and Trump is posting daily about him. Just imagine what the next year is going to be like. If DeSantis does run and it appears as though he is gearing up for that, I want to talk a little bit about book banning. One of the comments that I'm seeing pretty regularly on the shorts YouTube shorts that I post about Republican book banning efforts is people commenting and saying banning these books is good because they're only banning pornographic books and books that aren't age appropriate. Let me show you some of the comments that I've been receiving. Uh, I won't even name the people. these are just YouTube people uh, with long strings as their usernames. But here are some of the comments. How is banning a porno book on a middle school library fascism? Isn't it at worst censorship based on age and at best parenting and protecting children from losing their innocence sooner than necessary? It's not fascism if it's inappropriate content for kids. Schlock of God says, no, banning books that are not appropriate for kids is morally correct. JP Music says, there's a huge difference between limiting what books schools can have available for kids and removing books from public libraries or not allowing the sale of certain books. JD says, have you looked at the content of the books? Many are pornographic in nature. Dr. Ock says, it depends on what books are being banned. Um, Planet Positivity says false when it applies to children. Extremists on the far left and right want their propaganda taught to kids and both are age inappropriate. Jan says it's critical that parents be able to make these decisions. I don't want the government deciding what my kid can and can't read. But Billy Beans said restrictions imposed by parents are equally bad as restrictions imposed by governments, if not worse. Jay says banning books is not the same as removing non age appropriate books from elementary school libraries. So I decided to look at some of the books that are being banned and you can easily find these these lists. PEN.org has a list. And here are some of the books that are regularly banned. One is called Gender Queer, a memoir, and it's about a person who uses pronouns like air and explains why to their family. This one's been banned more than 40 times. All Boys Aren't Blue by George Johnson, which is a series of essays from um, an LGBT activist that explores his childhood and adolescence out of darkness by Ashley Hope Perez. A dangerous forbidden romance rocks a Texas oil town in 1937 when segregation was a matter of life and death. The bluest eye by Toni Morrison, because it obsesses it examines our obsession with beauty and conformity. And you can go through these and you can get a bigger list. And this is going to be sort of hard to see because of the zoom. But you see that there are all these different books that have been banned. Um, Some have been banned by. Uh, administrators, some have been challenged by parents. You see all these different examples. And I have to tell you, I spent time randomly picking these books and I went to Amazon and I did the look inside and I read, you know, a number of pages that are available. The vast majority of these books are neither pornographic nor extreme, however. Many of them do have storylines that it seems many right wingers don't like. Sometimes there are gay characters. That's it. So they want the book banned. Sometimes there are descriptions of sexual encounters and we could have a conversation. Is that appropriate for seven year olds? Well, maybe not. But is it appropriate for high school juniors? Yeah, it's fine. In some of them, there are descriptions of non-binary people or whatever the case may be. The overwhelming majority of these books are not pornographic. And it is very clear that a lot of the people saying it's good to ban these books have absolutely no idea what is in the books. I also want to say another thing. A lot of these books, don't seem that great to me. And what I mean by this, I'm not saying (laughs) a lot of this stuff is just personal preference at the end of the day, right? Like what kind of stuff do you enjoy reading? A lot of these books, as I look at them, aren't particularly titillating, uh, but they also don't seem particularly interesting to me. And it seems to me that making a big deal for any reason out of these books just doesn't really make sense. If this is a book that Uh, a teacher wants to have in a curriculum. It it just seems very strange to get all all shaken up about it. And what I was reminded of, of course, is that the right wingers that want a lot of these books banned are really the snowflakes. They love to say, oh, the left is so sensitive. The left can't handle anything and all these different things. I mean, listen, uh, gay relationships exist. Slavery existed. Brutality existed. Uh, non-binary people exist. And just saying that the inclusion of that those as topics is, quote, inappropriate for, quote, kids, particularly when a lot of them don't distinguish between a first grader and a high school junior or senior. They seem to be exposing themselves as the snowflakes that can't handle any- anything. And you know, I don't want to like go too far down this path. But if you look at historical efforts to ban, you know, so-called degenerate art as Nazis wanted to do. If you look at all other efforts that we've seen over time from authoritarian leaning movements and leaders uh, to control media and books and publications, it's really ugly stuff. And uh, quite frankly, it mostly seems to backfire. So take a look at the books that they actually want to ban. Go on Amazon. Click on look inside. Look, read a little bit and you will very quickly see that this is not actually about banning porn. We have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. And this caller has a question about the impact that the train derailment may have on the 2024 election.
5: Hey, David. So, uh, the situation in East Palestine, oh. Ohio, what do you think
4: the political ramifications will be for 2024? Does this make it harder for Democrats to win Ohio because we are in power right now? And whatever happens will get blamed on on Democrats or the lack of things that are going on now. Do you think that it'll have political ramifications for twenty twenty four? Thanks.
0: You know, I really don't. I really don't. Now, there's the truth and there's what you can spin. The truth is that I don't know why Democrats would be blamed for the train derailment given that what happened is that as far as we know right now, the rail company did not install hot box detectors as close together as they are recommended. And as a result, they missed that. The train fire appeared to have started 20 miles out of East Palestine. That has nothing directly to do with Democrats specifically. It generally has to do with under the governor of Ohio is a Republican. Ohio is basically run by Republicans, but it also isn't clear that it's necessarily an Ohio thing. But the, the truth of the matter is it would be really weird to blame certainly Biden if he's the Democratic candidate in 2024 for the train derailment. Train derailments are sadly quite common. Fortunately, they've also declined in frequency over time. Now, Ohio hasn't gone for Democrats since uh, 2012 and 2008. In 2016, Trump won Ohio and won the presidency in 2020. Trump won Ohio but lost the presidency. I don't believe that the Ohio 2024 results are going to hinge on the train derailment in particular. Not only because it doesn't make sense that they would, but in particular because voters have a relatively short memory. And uh, I just don't think it's going to be something Ohio voters are going to decide on. Uh, But if you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. We're going to talk about Putin bailing on the new START treaty. We are going to talk about critics rejecting changes to Roald Dahl's books as censorship. And I will tell you my position on that. And we will talk a little bit about Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe out. At his organization, partially because of multiple harassment claims, as I understand it. All of those stories and more will be on today's bonus show.
6: Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Sure. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad.
0: Yeah. Help us make a little money on the bonus show. We call it Funding Independent Media. You can sign up at joinpackman.com This gets you instant access to the bonus show, it funds all of the work we do, and you get the daily show. Without commercials, hours before everybody else. You can sign up at joinpackman.com. You can use the discount code 24 starts now. And boy has it ever. I look forward to seeing you on today's bonus show.